3: Welcome to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, where in a single moment you can recognize your brilliance and change your life. This is a transformational hour that covers an array of topics that demonstrate how individuals use their native talents as shown in their name, to look at the ordinary in extraordinary ways. Albert Einstein once said that everybody's a genius. Why would one of the smartest people on the planet declare that everyone is a genius unless he knew that to be true? I'm your host, Sharon Lynn Wyeth, creator of Namology Science and author of Know the Name, Know the Person. And in each weekly show, you'll hear the fascinating ways other people discovered the genius in them and what they were able to accomplish. At the end of each show, you'll hear clues on how you can recognize your own innate genius. All over the world, people have many, many diverse interests. And in that vein, people have asked about different occupations and areas of life that have highly interested them. People want to know how highly successful people have to achieve their genius mindset by utilizing the gifts that are seen in their name, utilizing namology science. So how does someone express their creative talents... And how does someone share those gifts with others in such a way that all benefit? Our expert tonight is Cecilia Britton, who has developed her genius in the area of massage therapy and the energy work that accompanies a great massage. Cecilia Britton was reared as the eldest of eight children in a military family that moved around the world. So she was exposed to multiple cultures and learned to adapt quickly. She began her spiritual search when still a teenager after reading books by Edgar Casey, Ruth Montgomery, Arthur Ford, and James Monroe. Even as her dreams attempted to scare her away from seeking more spiritual knowledge, she persevered by attending an ARE retreat based on Edgar Casey's material as presented in the Search for God material, which Cecilia then used as her foundation. Cecilia became a massage therapist during a time when being a massage therapist was considered disreputable. This was a time period before there were schools to teach how to be a massage therapist. Instead, she apprenticed under a gifted teacher that worked in an MD's clinic. Cecilia was a pioneer in Texas, helping to educate the public and have laws passed to legitimize massage as therapeutic and non-sexual. Through those years, all manners of educational opportunities began to spring up all over the country, and massage became a journey of being taken seriously as a member of alternative health practices. As Cecilia says, the one thing that is not mentioned in massage schools is the fact that when one commits to a healing field, every unhealed aspect of the practitioner shows up on the table in the form of the practitioner's clients. For her body work, intensified her interest in doing her own inner work this has taken her into working with healers and their many modalities of healing learning to understand and how to feel energy she's now in her 70s and still works with clients to assist them to get in touch with themselves so that the body mind spirit connection is more available for them as well cecilia resides in san antonio texas cecilia's britain's name indicates that she's a natural detective as she loves to know a person well enough to know what makes them tick people naturally tell her their private thoughts and expect to receive great advice in return which they get cecilia's name also indicates that she's highly independent loves to be in charge of herself and the older she gets the more self-confident she becomes her name also indicates that she can hide her feelings well and is easily liked Welcome to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You radio show, Cecilia. <laughs>
1: Hi, Jerome. <laughs> it's lovely to be here.
3: When you got started in massage therapy, did you always want to be a massage therapist? Or did you be, you know, become one because of happenstance? And we've got about a minute and a half for you to tell our story, and then we can continue it on the other side if it's longer than that.
1: I was interested in it because it was one of the primary uh, modalities in the Edgar Casey work. And so when I went to the clinic in Phoenix with my brother-in-law, who was an epileptic, they taught me, then I now know, it is the rudimentary Swedish massage. So when I came back and began to use this with him, even though I didn't, know what I truly was doing most of the time, um, I saw the benefit as he improved uh, with all these alternative therapies that came with it, the herbal uh, aspect of it, the diet aspect of it, the massage, the chiropractic, the, um, the, the oil packs, uh, which were part of the, a lot of the Casey stuff. So, that's when I became enthusiastic about it. And so, Um, mm -hmm. there wasn't
3: any training, though, at that time, right?
1: Other than what you did there? Right.
3: Okay, we need to take a break. We'll hear more about this when we come back. Stay tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which can also be heard on knowthename.com. And after the break, we'll find out how Cecilia started to incorporate energy work into her massage and whether it made a difference or not.
4: By donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com.
5: Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good to Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers.
0: You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an eight-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night.
3: Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyatt and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which is being heard on xzbn.net and knowthename.com. Our guest tonight is Cecilia Britton who can be reached by emailing her at cbritton, that's b-r-i-t-t-o-n, at sanantoniotexas.rr.com and that's s-a-t-x.rr.com. So Cecilia, what kind of training did you end up doing besides at the ARE? Since there wasn't any real training for massage therapists,
1: well, it was one of those uh, experiences where suddenly life just opened up because um, there was a there was a, an MD in San Antonio who was very interested in incorporating a lot of holistic things. She prescribed vitamins and she had people working in her clinic who were doing massage therapy. Now, granted, it was much less sophisticated than now, but I had a friend who knew about me through my sharing my experience with the clinic in Phoenix, and she called me one day and she said, would you like to come to the clinic with this doctor and do massage therapy uh, as my apprentice? And my thought at the time was, okay, I'll do that while I'm trying to decide what to do with the rest of my life. (laughs) And in working with her, it so suited my way of moving from the next thing because I I didn't actually plot out that this was going to be my career. I simply was stepping into the next thing because I didn't know what the next thing for me was. And as I began to work with her, she was, first of all, she was extremely psychic. She, uh, as someone would come in the door, she would tell me what was wrong with them and what I, where I needed to work. And, of course, I was extremely interested in how to do this. So I was a very apt student. I took notes. I absorbed myself in massage therapy um there were people who were teaching massage but there was no official schools then so what happened for most of the people in Texas is gradually there began to be people sponsoring someone from somewhere else who would come in and teach little classes and in that period of time i i really began to get the the knowing that this was the thing that my soul was asking me to do because there was so much enjoyment and there was so much willingness to study deeply. (laughs) So this is how I came into this work. Um, And, of course, as I began to work with other healers, I began to also want to be able to expand myself to know what was underneath all of this. Why was this body part hurting? Why was this disease process manifesting? And what could I do as a therapist to um, facilitate all the different layers of a condition? So uh, I I recognized early on that we are more than this physical person who fell off a ladder or who had a car accident. And came into a condition. So, so how can you
3: tell a great massage therapist from a poor one? Let's say somebody's never gone to a massage therapist. How do they know
1: they're getting a good one? <laughs> you know, that's a hard question to answer because I, for a period of time, went to work in a in a spa in a hotel. And people would come out of the sessions with me and say, oh, my God, that's the best massage I've ever had. That would happen at least once a day when I was working. And I realized that a lot of these folks had tried massage in different places, and they didn't know the difference. And I would say the difference is it isn't always that you feel better immediately after, um, because a lot of times what happens in in body work is that because our – cellular memory is in the tissue of the body it has recorded all the things that have happened to you through your life and as you access some of that sometimes those are memories that come up that aren't wonderful um so you shouldn't be excessively sore uh sometimes people unless you actually uh set it up to do deep tissue work with someone who you know has had good training. And the reason I say that is because new therapists have gone and taken a class and you think because it hurts, it's good. It was a good deep tissue. And what is often happening is that you're healing from the micro tears that have happened in your tissue while you were on the table. And nothing truly happened there. Except now you are repairing what was done to you. Um, so so can a massage therapist damage your body? They could. Um, I don't think I don't think to the point of something that can't heal itself. Um, I suppose if they stood on your back, or did some of the different kind of movements that are now popular, and they didn't know that there was uh, an injury or mm, that they could hurt you. But I would say most of the time you're just simply not going to have anything except a feel-good experience. Uh, New massage therapists tend to be light touch, and that's my experience of it anyway.
3: Are there different types of massages? I mean, like, what are the differences, and how can a person tell which form would be most appropriate for them?
1: Well, okay, there are as many different massage practices as there are massage therapists. Uh, But there are some, there's a lot of Eastern uh, therapies that are coming in 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 the form of shiatsu and acupressure massage, which are basically pressure points that are uh, accessed and by elbows, by feet, by thumbs, by different, different forms, which access these energy points in the body. Um, and a lot of, sometimes there's a lot of stretches that are involved also with that. Um, I would say that the first part of the communication, that a person would want to have with the person they're working with is some kind of an understanding about what you are wanting from that body work. And a good therapist is going to ask you, you know, what are your goals here if they don't know you? Okay. Um, So, So when did you start
3: incorporating energy work into your massages? And did your clients have to adjust to that or did they just take it as, okay, that's normal?
1: You know, it was a very slow process because my philosophy is meet the client where they are. And if I would have some conversation with someone that they were open and receptive to, let's see if we can move some energy here uh, with some other kind of touch or non-touch, then... I had already established a relationship with that person enough that they would go, yes, let's do that. But I never assumed that anybody was ready for that. You see, I came up in the beginning when massage was um, was a, it was suspicious. Uh, the p- first clients that I had were people that had gone to a, a resort somewhere or on a cruise ship. And they had a good experience and they wanted to find someone in their town that could do that. And I used to have my walls plastered with all of my uh, credentialing workshops so that when they walked in, they knew that this was not another kind of experience that we had talked about briefly earlier, the disreputable part of bodywork.
3: So, after doing thousands of massages over your long career, have you created your own point of view on the nature of healing?
1: Well, I have many points of view about that. Um, first of all, there is no one who's a healer. The person receiving has created an opening within themselves for something to change and shift. Um, To me, we're all vibration. All we are is a vibrating energy. And my job as a massage therapist and as a body worker and an energy worker is to raise my vibration so that if you have an issue, if my client has an issue and they are open to that change in in vibration then th- then I have opened a door. So if I haven't done my work, I truly can't be uh, a facilitator of the door opening. So I, what how I see healing is it's on many levels because obviously you can have an injury, you can have someone work on that injury, and through movement and time you may be healed of that injury however if that injury is related to an issue you have uh, let's say a mistrust of some kind let's say an anger a fear you will recreate something in your life to replicate that again so the whole point is to be the detective. You mentioned that in my name, and I have to say this is absolutely right. I love the detective work of the the journey of finding out what is underneath all that stuff.
3: Have you found, when you've worked on so many bodies after a while, that a certain part of the body stores certain types of memory, um, like there's maybe a body-mind connection?
1: Oh, absolutely. You can look at this body as a metaphor <laughs> for any situation that's going on. Um, I'll just be uh, give you a broad overview. I will also say that each individual's experience may vary a little from a, a broad category. For instance, the feet are obviously about to me obviously about understanding so if you've got foot problems you're going to be working with some part of your reality that you're not really getting that your feet are telling you i want to stand firmly on the on the planet and uh, there's a part of you that's not getting it something that you need to know that will assist your life Okay, I want to hold that thought and come back to
0: that
3: and hear more about body parts, but we need to take another break. Stay tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. This show is dedicated to how massage improves your body. After the break, we'll find out some of the different ways that Cecilia has assisted people. You can hear current and past shows by Googling Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. Our guest tonight is Cecilia Britton, who can be reached by emailing her at cbritton at satx.rr.com. Cecilia, before the break, you were telling us about body parts and the energy that, that they hold. You gave us an example of feet. What about backs? It seems to me that so many people have either back problems or shoulder problems.
1: Well, exactly. So my first questions when I would, say, have a client with me or in front of me, I would be asking a back, how do you not feel supported in your life? Um, Shoulders are often about who are you carrying? What are you shouldering? What kind of problems uh, do you lug around every day? Um, recently I had a fall off of a ladder and I injured my right knee. And so many issues came forward about what do I bend down to? Whose authority am I constantly um, bending down to besides my own authority? So knees, you know, and uh, or how, how do you, what, do you, what are you kneeling to that's not your truth? And I uh, received a lot of healing uh, through that time of healing my physical body and then working with the emotional and mental constructs that I had in my life. So I think that if you look at your body, um, you can think about what does that do? What does your stomach do? Okay, that stomach is there because it's digesting, taking in um materials to become energy in your body. The same thing with thought processes. What are you taking in? And if you're having stomach problems, you're you may be uh dealing with um issues around how you are what are you receiving from your world that is disturbing to your ability to um, turn that into a pro- a productive life you know the first
3: time I started hearing anything about this concept was in a book called who's the Matter with me and it yes. identified I mean every every part of the body with Something about somebody else that may be bothering you and so to look at your friends and say who's getting to me in this way And then what to do about it Um, Before we start talking about the shifting energies that you're seeing in your clients I'd like to explore how you utilize massage therapy and other modalities to assist people after they've been in a car accident Would you please speak to that?
1: Well, I have worked with I have worked with a work with a lot of people in car injuries, um, um, it, hmm, it's a hard thing to, to give an overview uh, that is, applies to everyone because my feeling is that when you are in an accident of some kind, um, you've created some way in which you were stopped in your path. A lot of women I have worked with that have been in accidents, for instance, many of them are women who have their whole lives wrapped up in their families. And in a way, what they've done is created a way in which they get nurtured because they have to lay down and rest because they're hurting, they have to go to therapy. Um, They are having to take care of themselves. Um, and there are probably much more finer points to this um, because, again, each person has an individual reason or way in which they have um, created an event. What's injured? Is it the neck? Is it the back? Is it another body part? Um
3: You know, would you recommend that anybody, after they've had a car accident, go to a massage therapist just to make sure that they didn't have a slight whiplash or something got knocked out of place just as a precaution?
1: Oh, absolutely, because almost without uh, exception, there is some damage. I've been with people who never had any uh, therapy at all done after what they thought was a minor uh, whiplash and invariably, there's something that's still stuck, uh, particularly in necks. Um, sometimes there are bo- there are, uh, cranial bones that are compressed. Um, that would probably take want to take you to a cranial sacral therapist who works primarily with the the cranial um, nerves and the um, it's a very gentle type of work, but it helps to reset the nervous system after an accident. When you have an accident, uh, it often brings up all your fears about death and dying. So invariably, there is something stuck there after um, a, a major injury like that,
3: Will even you if mention- it was,
1: even if there wasn't a whole lot of pain involved.
3: You mentioned cranial sacral, and you've tried so many different healing modalities over the years. Would you please share the names of the ones that you felt were effective, and anything about them that why they're effective?
1: Oh my, okay, that's quite a list. As as you know, I've been doing body work since 1981, so um, I've um, I I have chosen not to become a. Um, an expert in any one area, so I haven't pursued any one thing all the way into certification and being able to teach. But I have touched into oh, I would say probably a hundred different modalities. So let me just touch on a few because this program's not long enough. <laughs> Cranial sacral work was uh, is uh, very gentle work that uh, addresses the cranial sacral system, which is an enclosed system that includes the spine and the the brain or the head. And everyone could benefit from this across the board because we've all had different kinds of traumas in our lives from falls off of bicycles when we were children to my fall off of a ladder uh, that happened a few months ago. Um, I've done a lot of different trainings with people that uh, have taught me various kinds of acupressure, acupunct I haven't. I'm not an acupuncturist, but shiatsu massage, which comes from the, the Japanese, and acupressure, which comes from the Chinese, and Thai massage, which has a bit of both and more. Because it's compressions all over the body. So there's there are many areas that are now coming very popular with you'll see a lot of advertisement now for different kinds of, of uh, Asian type of, of body work. Of course, the Swedish massage is what's train what the training is in most uh, massage therapy schools. and almost all the tests are based on, Uh, A very good knowledge of the Swedish massage, which can be gentle and soft, or it can be really deep. Um, Oh, my. So
3: so when would someone benefit from getting a deep massage over a gentle one?
1: Well, there are people who work out a lot, and they truly develop a lot of... um, Restrictions in the muscles, and nothing but deeper tissue work is going to re- let that person relax enough to to actually appreciate a relaxation in their in their bodies. Um, okay. So the deeper
3: massages are for the athletes.
1: not, not entirely. Uh, rolfing is a form of deep tissue work. Uh, rolfers are trained, They're, they have a long training. If you're really looking for good deep tissue work, someone that does rolfing, um, this would be a person you might want to go to. Their process is to realign your entire body. So you're not considered rolfed until you've done at least all of their ten sessions, their initial ten sessions, because they go through... And you might just have an arm or a shoulder worked on in one session. You might just have your legs worked on or your arms. But they have very specific kinds of ways in which they go from one body part to the other and take pictures of your body posture before, after, and then, and then later after because your body continues making those changes even after your ten sessions are completed. Um, let's see, there are... Well, hmm.
3: you've mentioned that you've noticed a shift in consciousness that's currently occurring um, among your clients and everything. What do you see taking place in that regard?
1: I believe that we are on a major shift in the entirety of humanity uh, that is going to take us beyond where we have ever been before. And This process involves our becoming in love with ourselves, meaning loving every single aspect of who we are and the appreciation for what we have been through. So what I'm seeing um, around me and even in the media is more and more and more uh, openings to people getting truly in touch with themselves, in touch with uh, their unconscious motivations for things. Um, I believe, hmm, go ahead. So
3: if we're going down this pathway of really getting to know ourselves well, and I would suppose that would mean our purpose along with it, what are different
1: challenges that we might face along that path? Well, sometimes it's not so much fun to come in touch with a part of yourself you just absolutely despise. And I can basically tell you a a little brief story. I won't go into the whole details of it, but after this injury that I've just spoken of, uh, one of the things I became aware of was an event that was from a previous experience in a body form, and which I had done something that was unforgivable to myself at the time. So we all have these places in within ourselves that have been hiding and lurking, and to me they're like that little tape that goes underneath the screen when you're watching a program, and they're words that are different than what's actually being spoken. This is what's going on in a subconscious mind, this little tape that has all these belief systems that we have accepted from our reality somewhere, and we are living them out as if they are the truth.
3: Okay, hold that thought. It's time for our last
1: break. Stay tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You
3: on xzbn.net and knowthename.com. After the break, we'll find out what Cecilia has in her name that assisted her that you might have in your name as well.
4: this product is a real winner to learn more about one two three ready tv visit our website at www.xzbn.net
2: this is the exxon broadcast network broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers including cnn broadcast network Sirius satellite network star media good news radio network
3: back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. Our guest tonight is Cecilia Britton, who has taken her massage skills to a level where she's able to assist people in healing their body by becoming more limber and releasing toxins. Cecilia can be reached via email at cbritton at satx.rr.com. You know, Thais, or the people in Thailand, are known for their massages, which are usually three hours in length and often referred to as the lazy man's yoga. Cecilia, did you know that most Thai massage therapists won't do a three-hour massage on Westerners as they feel our bodies are too toxic to handle a three-hour massage?
1: Yes, I did take a Thai massage uh, class from a a man who went to Thailand and learned very extensively these methods. And um, yes, he, he relayed that to us, that, Uh, most people can't handle that much three hours well they even
3: have a complex complex of different buildings in bangkok called wat po where there (laughs) are often buildings has all the massage positions sculptured around the top of the outside of the building and king rama the third also turned the temple complex into a public center of learning because he decorated the walls of the buildings with diagrams and inscriptions and this happened because he was apprehensive about the Burmese regime, where the Burmese people would start a war with them and win, and then possibly that their that knowledge would be lost, and he wanted to have it saved. Um, and so they wanted that knowledge because they thought it was so important. And so you do Swedish massage. So I was wondering if you know any of the history of Swedish massage or how it came about or why that's the massage that all the schools
0: use.
1: Well, primarily because I, it, it was uh, popularized in, in England, and so we have obviously a Westerner, especially in the beginning of massage therapy coming into this country. Um, you'll find now many, many more schools available where the, uh, the Thai and the Asian forms of massage are being taught. Um the Swedish massage can be learned in usually the three hundred to four hundred to five hundred hours that uh most schools um have for their uh, for their requirements in their state um I truly believe that Thai massage and other kinds of um or uh, Asian massage takes a little longer. takes a little more experience with the body. Uh, you're applying pressures in sometimes fairly deep pressure to bodies, and I think that the the limitation in most of the schools that are under the 500 the 500 is that seems to be the national average of how many hours you have to have to, to be able to pass their test. They're also trying to teach you anatomy and other kinds of things as well. So <laughs> um, that number of hours doesn't really give the leverage to train this, in this deeper way. That's all I can say about it because I don't really know. It has been many, many years since I was involved in the education part of massage, massage schools I've been primarily operating at a practitioner level for many years.
3: So how does the mind-body-spirit connection work? Does it matter what's happening in one area and would that affect another area? So like if something goes wrong in the body, does it affect the spirit or does it affect the mental thinking or vice versa?
1: Well, here's my motto. Um, Spirit is the life. The mind is the body. Um, Excuse me. (laughs) Don't even know my own motto. (laughs) It's all right. Spirit is the life. Mind is the builder. The physical is the result. So my interesting point of view about this is that before you've ever had the accident or the condition that your body is in, it was already in the energy field. This is why there are people who can read energy fields and look at where the aura field is dark or uh, showing some manifestation and can tell you that you have a heart condition that's working or a a blood problem or whatever it is. Uh, There are people who are very skilled as medical intuitives that can look at, the energy field very clearly and tell you what's what is getting ready to manifest that may not show up right now
3: so how Um, does massage and other modalities assist people in getting touch with their own guidance system
1: well i would say indirectly because um the body work allows a level of relax a level of being centered and it's from that place that you begin to open up to what, what when your body's not well, it's pretty hard to be in a place of relax. <laughs> when you are uptight, when you're stressed, that part is not so available. So what body work does also is it begins to show you where you're out of sync Um I remember the first time I had a massage, I went to a class and I turned out to be the only student that showed up. And both my teacher and the teacher she was uh, working with both worked on me. I left that class and I felt like I had been zipped open and every ill and every stress I had had been completely removed from me. I remember driving home and thinking, oh, my God, if I could do this for other people, what a fine world this would be. And that was what started my, my career in massage therapy. Was for, it was first to have people really feel well and feel great within themselves. And then they would be willing to be the same to someone else. Do we
3: all have stress in our bodies? I mean, how can we tell if we're relaxed or not? It seems to me that you're saying that it's really important to get the body all relaxed. Would everyday bodies not be relaxed? I mean, do we just pick up stress and we don't even know it?
1: We do. We can be driving down the street and we can pick up the thoughts and cars that are passing if, we are, if they resonate vibrationally with something we have going on, and the next thing you know you find yourself fidgeting inside or feeling a little out of sorts, it's not just because the guy in front of you cut you off. Sometimes it's uh, energies that are around you walking through the grocery store. And, and in fact, we live in a world that produces stress every moment. You can flip on your television set, feel perfectly fine, hear a news item that, that worries you and distresses you, and now you have stress. And that is not even mentioning the stress that is produced by some of the bad foods that we are eating as a matter of course because our bodies are going to respond to the toxicities that we're taking in as well. And if you really take it all the way to its beginning, every time you imbu- indulge in anything, you're picking up the vibration of everyone who has been part of that food item or that um that event, that thing that you're holding. So okay. we are all con- we are connected at the energy it- level to everything. If you could change one thing about people's understanding
3: or how they look at the world, what would that be?
1: That we are each entirely responsible for everything because we are putting an energy out and energy is coming back to us that is like energy. Now, it's not necessarily who we are. It's what we believe. So if we have a belief system that life is hard, then life will present itself as difficult and painful and, and so on. Um, this is a big subject, and I don't know where to begin with that except to say that my knowing now is that I'm 100% responsible for my life and for everything in it, and if I'm not enjoying that, it's my job to do the inner work to find out how did i bring that to me and Great. that will be that will be uncomfortable for a lot of folks to accept thank you cecilia so much for being with us today
3: be prepared and surprised and pleased if you're lucky enough to get to experience cecilia's work her contact information again is c Britain, britton b r i t t o n at satx.rr.com. Cecilia Britton excels at learning from others. This is found by the first two letters in her last name being a B-R. If your last name starts with the B-R combination, then you too excel at being able to learn from others. Do you want to know where your genius lies? I'm Sharon Lynn Wyatt, host of the radio show, Know the Name, Know the Genius in You which can be heard every weekday at various hours right here on XZBN.net Radio and XZone Radio Station and on KnowTheName.com. Tune in each week to hear the fascinating ways other people discovered the genius in themselves and what they were able to accomplish. In each upcoming show, you'll hear clues on how you can recognize your own innate genius. For all the days and times of Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, please go to xzbn.net and check out our broadcast schedule. If you wish to know how to read a person's name or your own name and how you can discover your innate genius, go to the website knowthename.com and give yourself the gift of a session to find out what your name says about you and how knowing your name helps you live to your best and highest. This is Sharon Lynn Wyeth signing off.